and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. Here we are. It's officially February. Time is just flying by. Um, Pretty soon, it'll be warm again. I'm sure it'll be warm again here in Chicago. We've had a, uh, a few cold days in a row here. It was zero degrees when I left for work today. That's fun to uh, wake up to at 5 a.m., zero degrees. That's a tough drive. That is a tough drive, let me tell you guys. But uh, we're almost there. We're plugging along. I'm ready to talk some Disney. I hope you guys are ready to listen. Uh, You guys are the best for my returning listeners. You guys know that. For my new listeners, welcome to the show. Before we get into everything, got to plug the socials here. Instagram and TikTok are the big two. YouTube as well. Disney World Today, you can find me on there. On Instagram, stop by, say hello, shoot me a DM. My DMs are always open. Uh, If you want to say hi, if you have ideas or suggestions for the show, like topic ideas, top fives. If you want an episode on Disney, you know, um, the last few episodes, actually last week's episode, uh, we talked about Hidden Mickeys. That was a suggestion from one of you guys. Uh, a few weeks back, we did an episode based on Disney food and Disney breakfast. Another another suggestion uh, sent in by you guys. So if you want, stop by, say hello, uh, topic ideas, anything like that. Or if you want to just say hi, uh, let me know that you enjoy the show. If you hate the show, if you have questions, concerns, if you see something cool on Instagram, you just want to send it my way, go ahead, feel free. Uh, TikTok, uh, YouTube, uh, you know, YouTube, ah, I, I wish I could post more. I just physically do not have any time left in the day to uh create uh original content for youtube but hopefully one day i uh i talk about like my coworkers every once in a while you know at work i'm kind of the disney guy um they i don't think they know i to what extent you know like they know i got engaged at disney they know i've been to disney they know i like disney i don't think they really understand that i have a disney podcast and instagram page but uh, one of my coworkers is actually, he's going to Florida for a wedding and they're flying into Orlando and they were looking for a place to stay, you know, for a day before heading to the wedding. Um, and he was telling me that they ended up choosing to stay at Disney. They're staying at the all-star resorts, I think all-star music. Um, and he was telling me all about it, how, you know, they're going to stay there. And I think they're going to go to Disney Springs and have dinner at Disney Springs. And it's just funny because I, I know you guys can relate. I know a lot of you kind of Disney diehards can relate. Like, he he likes Disney a lot. He's been there, uh, you know, a few times. You know, he was telling me uh, over the summer that he wants he wanted to take his whole family there. Um, but it was just too expensive. They're actually going to Vegas instead. But his first choice was Disney because that's his favorite. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and it sounds like the last time he was there was like maybe 2013 or 14. Uh, So it's been a while and they stayed at Art of Animation. Um, It's just funny because like he called it the the Cars Hotel um, because they stayed in like the Cars section. He still he still calls it uh, Downtown Disney, which I'm I'm cool with. So I had to tell him (laughs) I've been trying to fill him in and tell him, you know, how things are, you know, a little different now. And he first mentioned to me like in December, he's like, yeah, you know, we're going to a, a wedding in Florida. We're looking for a place to stay in Orlando. And, you know, he was saying, yeah, we might just stay a night at Disney. And I was telling him, like, I was like, if you guys do, like, book a reservation right now, like a dinner reservation right now, because it's tough to get dining. You know, you don't, you can't just walk in anymore and get a, get a table. And then, like, on f- 
last week. He's like, yeah, you know, we couldn't find any dining reservations. We're eating at some random place at downtown Disney. And I was like, oh, I told you months ago to make a dining reservation. But I just thought that was cool. thought that was kind of funny. You know, I, I'm sure you guys have had similar, um, you know, things happen, like whether it's your coworkers or friends who are kind of more casual fans. They're like, oh, yeah, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to Disney and uh, we're staying at, uh, you know, the Cars Hotel and we're going to go to Harry Potter Land and we're going to go to MGM Studios. So I thought that was pretty funny. I wanted to share with you guys. Last week's episode was all about Hidden Mickeys, if you haven't listened already. Uh, like I said, one of our listeners uh, sent in the episode idea to me on Instagram. We talked about Hidden Mickeys and how big of a craze that was, you know, in the 90s, 2000s. They had Hidden Mickey books. I was shocked to find out that like the original hidden mickey book that my sister and i had back in probably like early 2000s they still make updated versions to which i thought was insane so and i guess that's a good thing that you know people are still interested enough in finding all of these hidden mickeys so if you want to check that out it's available everywhere but let's move on to this week this week's episode this is a fun one this was a fun one especially for me this week's episode, we're talking about Disney World in the 90s. This is a this is a good one. This is a fun one. Um, you know, I'm a 90s kid. I was born in 90, so I'm currently uh, 32, going on 33. So I pretty much grew up in the 90s. I grew up in the Disney decade, as it's called. Um, and it's one of those things, uh, not even with, like just with Disney. Like, I know I was born in 90, so like... You know, Disney from 90 to 95, I'm obviously a small child, you know, and maybe I don't remember things as well because I was so small. But it's one of those things that I've always loved so much that I've always gone back and like researched and watched videos and looked up information to the point that like it feels like I was older than I actually was. Like 1992 was my first like Disney trip. And obviously as a two-year-old, you don't really have memories that you can remember, you know, but because I've, you know, loved that era so much, like I can talk about 1992. I've gone back and read, you know, Disney travel guides from 1992. I've watched YouTube videos of Disney from 1992 so much. So it's like, I remember it, but I, you know, I actually don't remember it. I'm, you know, just recalling all the information that I've learned about. And that's kind of how I am with everything. Like, um, for example, the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. You know, I was eight years old when uh, they won their last championship and Michael Jordan hit the last shot. I was only eight years old, but I can tell you the starting lineup. I can tell you everyone on the team. I can tell you about certain games because as I got older, I loved those years so much that I would go back and I would watch old old game highlights and watch, you know, old videos and stuff like that so that I could remember it. So Disney in the 90s, it's called the Disney Decade. And it's arguably the golden era of uh, Walt Disney World. You know, I guess it's based on your opinion. You know, I grew up in the 90s, so I'm probably a little biased. Um, but it's the Disney decade, you cannot ignore the fact that it was it was huge. And we're going to go over everything from 90 to 99. Uh, I'm going to try to basically break it down into a timeline and just kind of go over everything that opened and happened you know, in those years from 1990 to 1999. Um, there's a lot, you know, whether it's um, theme parks opening or attractions opening or changes within the, you know, the structure of the company. So we're going to 
kind of cover all of that and just kind of go over the Disney decade and what it was and why it was so important. So here we go. Let's go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So the Disney decade. Now this is a phrase that you've probably heard before. And really what it refers to is everything Disney in the 90s. So that includes, you know, Disney movies, the animated classics, all their other movies, um, you know, stuff with entertainment and the Disney Channel. The Disney CEO at the time was Michael Eisner, and he was kind of um, responsible for all this. Like, he had an entertainment background. He came from a movie studio or a television studio, something like that, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, he was at the forefront of acquiring ABC and ESPN and, you know, expanding the Disney parks and, you know, doing more with Disney movies, not just the animated classics, like, um, like the company like Touchstone Pictures is technically under the Disney umbrella and stuff like that. So the Disney decade really does refer to the entire, you know, Walt Disney company. But for this podcast, we're staying, you know, strictly to Disney World. So I'm pretty much just going to go over from 1990 to 1999, and we'll go over, you know, the Disney decade in regards to Walt Disney World, because there was a lot of changes in the 90s at Walt Disney World. And like I, I said in the intro there, it's, you know, regarded by some as the golden era of Walt Disney World. So uh, 1990, I was born, you know, those first few years with my family, the first trip that I remember, or that we kind of have documentation of, is 1992 we have pictures and home movies um i I think my mom was saying though that we went the year before in 1991 but i I don't think we have any pictures i have never seen any proof i obviously don't remember it you know being a one-year-old um but we went in 1992 we skipped a year in 93 when my sister was born and we went you know every summer after that 94 all the way all the way up until you know present day pretty much so yeah the 90s in general have a special place in my heart because i am a 90s kid you know 90s sports 90s clothing movies entertainment and of course you know walt disney world and you know it it just missed the cutoff there were a few big things that just missed the cutoff obviously uh disney's mgm studios and um disney's typhoon lagoon both opened in 89 i think typhoon lagoon opened in 89 i know MGM Studios did. So those just missed the cut. So we're just we're gonna start off with 1990. So the year is 1990, you're at Walt Disney World, and there's a brand new set of hotels that have just opened up. Kind of on a new kind of uh area of you know the resort of the property. The yacht and beach club opened up uh the Disney resorts, the deluxe resorts there. Um, I would say the boardwalk area, but at this point in time, the boardwalk did not exist. It was just the Yacht and Beach Club, and I'm pretty sure uh, Swan and Dolphin was there as well. But that entire area was different. Um, you know, Yacht and Beach, to think that it's, it's still somewhat new. I know, you know, 1990 isn't recent anymore. That's 32 years ago, going to be 33 years ago. 
but in regards to the theme park and kind of everything like that, like that's not that long ago, you know, Yacht and Beach Club, you know, hasn't been around that long. It kind of just feels like it has been around forever. And that entire, you know, boardwalk and Epcot area um, has been around forever. When in reality, 1990, these two hotels are brand new. The Swan and Dolphin opened up in the late 80s as well. There is no boardwalk. It's, you know, it's it's just crazy to think about that. I've mentioned before, you know, the there's like different areas of Walt Disney World. We have the Magic Kingdom area, the Epcot area, the Disney Springs area. Um, and I think I'd have to say the Epcot area is my favorite. You know, the whole boardwalk area. You got the boardwalk, Yacht and Beach, Swan and Dolphin, Epcot and Hollywood Studios are both right there. Um it, w- it would be cool to kind of go back and see pictures and footage of, you know, the boardwalk area before everything was kind of open and new. Like, I don't remember it. I, I have some small memories, but the boardwalk was already there. Um, I do remember t- there was a tram that took you from the boardwalk hotels to the back entrance of Epcot. Um, but I, I just bet that that entire area was just so peaceful and quiet and relaxing. And speaking of, you know, relaxing in that, that area there, uh, that brings me to my, my next point here. It also opened in 1990, the International Gateway. That's the back entrance to Epcot. So that makes sense. You know, 1990, Disney opens up two resorts there, the Yacht and Beach Club connect, pretty much connected to Epcot. Um, and they decide to include that back entrance for anyone who hasn't been there. You have, you know, Epcot, this giant theme park. You have the main gate, the front entrance uh, to the park that the public, you know, uses. But there's also a small back entrance that you can only get to from those hotels that are connected, you know, to Epcot. And we've always loved that area, my family and I. Like, even when we weren't staying at the Swan and Dolphin, there were plenty of times where we would drive to Boardwalk, um, get something to eat at the Boardwalk Bakery, and then we would kind of take our time and either take the boat or walk to Epcot. We've always loved that back entrance there. The Inter- International Gateway is what it's called. It's a little different now, a little more hectic now that they've added the Skyway. You know, I've, I kind of have mixed feelings on that. It's it's a great way to use, you know, a different variety of transportation but I feel like that area will never be the same. It'll never be as quiet, as relaxing. And if, I think I've mentioned it on here before. Like, it was always my dream to just kind of either grab a football or my, my glove and a baseball and just kind of play catch over there. You know, you're, you're right at the entrance of Epcot. There's no one around. There used to be, like, this big, empty parkway. You can hear the Epcot music and hear all the sounds and stuff. And I always thought that would have been cool. So... Uh, 1990, we have the Yacht and Beach Club, the International Gateway, and another smaller edition that some of you guys probably remember over at MGM Studios at the time. They opened up the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Playground. Um, This was over in the backlot area, and I have good memories of this. I think even one time playing on there, my grandpa uh, was up there playing with us, surrounded by all these kids. Here's this, this, this old man. A bigger guy, and I, I'm surprised he didn't get stuck. So, um, kind of the last addition here to 1990. You know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a a big movie and a big franchise for Disney, especially in the 90s. All right, here we are in 1995, midway through the decade. And I only had, only had a couple things for this one, but one of them, pretty big. On April 1st, 1995, Blizzard Beach opens up. Disney's 
technically third water park. And what just like a cool designed water park. You know, they had River Country early on in the 70s. Typhoon Lagoon opens up in the late 80s, which is crazy to me because to me, it always kind of seemed like Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach both opened up at the same time. Like Typhoon Lagoon looks like a mid-90s water park to me. Yet somehow it opened up like six or seven years before Blizzard Beach. And the you can tell, you know, the Disney decade, like this, this is what made it so great. The theming that they put into these water parks, they treated it like a theme park. They treated it like the Magic Kingdom or Epcot. They didn't just make like a, a wet and wild, you know, it's a, it's an entire theme park. You know, Blizzard Beach is based off of like an abandoned, um, like ski resort. And there's like, you know, fake snow mountains and stuff like that everywhere. And it's so cool. It's so well done. You don't, you don't get water parks like that. And that's just kind of evidence of, you know, just how back then, especially, Disney always went the extra mile. So here it is, 1995, Blizzard Beach opens up. A great water park, you know. We would always go to Typhoon Lagoon more. You know, when this opens up, we obviously, we we had to check it out. And we just kind of always liked Typhoon, Typhoon Lagoon more because of their wave pool. But Blizzard Beach has their own wave pool. You know, it has like the smaller bobbing waves. You can have like inner tubes and stuff in there. But what we liked about Blizzard Beach was they had more slides and stuff. So we'd go to Typhoon Lagoon for the for the big wave in the wave pool, and you know we'd go to Blizzard Beach to do as many slides as we could. And if I can just, if we're in the trust tree right now, guys, I never went on Summit Plummet. I was always too scared. Never went on it. My cousins, I'm pretty sure, went on it. I always chickened out. And I don't know if I ever will now. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I ever will now. It's a scary, one of the highest, fastest water slides in the world. I, uh, maybe I'll just stick to the wave pool and the lazy river. Then also in 95, not as big, but at the Magic Kingdom, you know, kind of an iconic attraction here in Tomorrowland, the Astro Orbiter opens up. And again, I would have guessed this one was a lot older. I didn't realize it only opened in 1995. Um, but this is probably around the time they were trying to kind of revamp Tomorrowland. You know, they had the people mover, they had Space Mountain, Carousel of Progress there. And the Astro Orbiter is a great addition. You know, it's kind of sits atop kind of like the people mover platform, kind of sticks out there in Tomorrowland, and it's great. Um, again, if I can be in the trust tree, guys, I've never ridden this one either, and I I don't know why. We just never did it. Like all those years with my cousins, if I did it, I was young. I had to be like five or six because I don't remember ever riding it. And it's not a crazy good ride. It's not a thrilling ride. It's like the Dumbo ride, but what makes it cool is that you're, you know, you're flying above Tomorrowland, but I just, I just never wrote it. I don't know. Let's move on to 1996 now. Here we are, the 25th anniversary. The Castle Cake is here at the Magic Kingdom, probably the most iconic thing about 1996 at Walt Disney World. You know, this is one of those things, when you think about Disney in the 90s, certain things kind of come up. Like for me, I picture like old Fantasyland with the Skyway. And I picture the castle cake. Like, those are probably the two main things for me. You know, that for an entire year, a little more, they decorated Cinderella's castle as a giant birthday cake. This giant pink birthday cake. And as a kid, I mean, even now, 
I've always liked it. I always thought it was cool. I thought it was unique and different, you know. And there's some people who hated it, and their big excuse was like, you know, what if you had never been to Disney before, and that's your one trip, the one time you were there, you know, you had to see the castle like a cake. I think that's cool, especially if you're a kid. What are you going to remember? Are you going to remember Cinderella's castle? Yeah, you probably will. But guess what? You're definitely going to remember Cinderella's castle decorated as a giant birthday cake. You know, I actually still have, I know it's at my parents' house. I took a picture of it and posted it on Instagram not that long ago. I still have the 1996 Disney uh, vacation planning VHS and it has the castle cake uh, on the front of it. And man, I got to pop that into the old VCR and, and watch it because that was, you know, good memories. I know a lot of you 90s kids, like, I think you can agree, like the castle cake definitely sticks out. You know, the, the whole reason for the castle cake was the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And because of this as well, they had uh, Roy Disney kind of rededicate the park. They had like a big ceremony and I think they put in like a new plaque with one of his famous quotes. Um, I don't know if that's at Epcot. It's either at Epcot or Magic Kingdom. Um, but also, 96, one of my favorite, you know, I, I've talked about the Boardwalk area. In 1996, the Boardwalk Resort opens up. So now our Boardwalk area is complete. You know, the, the whole Epcot MGM Studios area is complete. And what a great design. You have two theme parks kind of on one side of each other. And in the middle, you know, you have kind of like a lake. And around the lake, you have what, you have the Boardwalk and Yacht and Beach Club. You have three great resorts. Three resorts I would love to stay at. I love the area. You know, you have the Swan and Dolphin Hotel right there as well. And it just really, really made it great, I think. That was the completion of the Boardwalk area. Everyone loves walking around there. They have, you know, good shopping, good food, entertainment at night, and I always loved that area. I will say, though, I am sad, and I think I'll forever be sad that they closed ESPN Club, the restaurant. That was my favorite restaurant at Disney forever. And I know the food The food wasn't great. I know that. It was just the atmosphere. You know, I'm a big sports guy. They had all the sports memorabilia. Back in the 90s at the boardwalk, we would go there because if you sat at a booth, they had PlayStation and TVs in the wall, and they would bring you controllers, and you could play video games while you wait for your food. I mean, that's peak 90s. That's Disney going the extra way. There was I never had been to another restaurant ever that had that. So we wanted to go there just for that. And as I've gotten older, uh, I remember going there and watching a Sunday night baseball game between the Cubs and the Brewers. Loved it. I remember one time Mike and Mike were doing a show there, their radio show there. So as a sports guy, one of my favorite restaurants, I'll forever miss it. There was like posters and stuff on the wall there. I wish I could have bought off them, um, but I'm definitely going to miss that one. You know, the Boardwalk Resort actually was the second vacation club resort. So here we are, what, like five years later uh, with our second uh, vacation club resort. Also in 96... The Giant World of Disney store opens at Downtown Disney. Then at the Magic Kingdom, Goofy's Barnstormer opens up. One of my favorites probably around this time, between ages of like 6 and 10. Loved Goofy's Barnstormer. Loved that whole Toontown area. You know, and me and my cousins and my sister, there were plenty of nights at the Magic Kingdom where the fireworks were going on. There's no one in Toontown. And we would ride Goofy's Barnstormer as many times as we could. We would get off. 
we would sprint down the exit and back up to ride it again. A few times they let us just stay in the car and go again. And uh, I've always kind of liked that ride for those memories. And then also over at Epcot, Ellen's Energy Adventure. That's right, a <laughs> the attraction that starred Ellen DeGeneres uh, opened up there in 1996 as well. All right, we're almost done here, but 1997, we had some good ones as well. Disney's Wide World of Sports opens up. Uh, their, their huge state-of-the-art sports complex opens up there with baseball fields, basketball courts, field houses, football fields, softball fields, soccer field, a restaurant, you name it, they had it there. A huge plot of land. The Atlanta Braves had their spring training there for almost but 20 years or so. Um, they filmed movies there. The Rookie with Dennis Quaid, they filmed there. A few other movies. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have their training camp there. Like, back in the 90s, like, that place was so cool. I, I, you know, they would host a lot of youth AAU tournaments. One of my biggest regrets was never being on a team that was able to go to Disney, whether it was basketball or baseball or, or, or volleyball. I always wanted to play there, and I was always so jealous. We would go and just kind of walk around. We'd watch Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. You know, there'd be like basketball AAU games going on, and I always wished that I could have played there. At Downtown Disney, the West Side opens up. Um, before that, it was mostly just Pleasure Island, but now here in '97, you know, we have you know the World of Disney Store and more just kind of Disney focused shopping for Disney guests. And then also at Epcot, we have Test Track. One of my all-time favorite attractions, maybe my favorite ride of all time, the original version of Test Track. Such a great ride, sponsored by GM. You know, my family's a car family, so this one was a big deal for us. And for the grand opening, I, I know we were there a few months later. I remember the line was so long that they had an entertainer out there, um, just kind of like doing stuff like juggling and stuff for the crowd with music. And he asked for a volunteer, and he picked me out of the crowd to help him with his like juggling act and like balancing act. And he had me like spin a bunch of plates on my fingers. And I, I know my aunt has a picture of that still somewhere. Um, that was, I was, that was so cool. I remember bragging about that at school when I went back to school that summer. So test track opens up in 97. That kind of changed Epcot because they finally put in like a thrill ride and that kind of changed the entire landscape and future of Epcot. And then finally, in 97, Disney's Coronado Springs Resort opens up. We stayed here, I think, that year when it opened. It was, like, brand new. I remember we liked it. It was cool. Uh, we liked the food court. My grandma stole the, the, the food trays from that food court. You know, don't report it. Uh, but I remember the pools had, like, too much chlorine, and, like, all of our eyes were, like, dry and red from the chlorine in the pool. I remember it, we were like kind of a far walk from the pool. That's all I kind of remember. But Disney's Coronado Springs, a nice resort. Obviously, they have the Riviera there now, which kind of changes that entire property. But here it is in 1997. Um, they actually had, they had a really good arcade too. I remember that. So Coronado Springs here in 97. 1998, maybe the biggest year of the entire decade for Walt Disney World. And of course, I'm referring to Disney's Animal Kingdom opens up. On Earth Day here in 98, the fourth theme park, the last Disney theme park uh, to be built at Walt Disney World, the fourth gate. And this was such a big deal 
and I've talked about it on, on, on plenty of episodes, that we found out about this theme park by watching one of those Disney like vacation planning VHS tapes. I remember we were all at Grandma's house. My parents, my sister, my cousins, Grandma and Grandpa were all there. We're watching this tape. And they teased like they had this big announcement at the end of the video. And we watched the tape. It talks about the Magic Kingdom, all the rides, all this stuff. And at the very end, they show a, like a teaser for a fourth theme park, Animal Kingdom. And like the commercial, I could still picture it. We had no idea what to expect because when you first see it, I, you know, you got to admit when you first see it, especially back in the day, you're kind of thinking like, oh, is it a zoo? You know, so much so that they had a entire campaign about it not being a zoo, you know, and you obviously had, you had Bush Gardens down in Tampa and they had to decipher it from that, but a fourth theme park. Wow. And, you know, think about this, like this will never happen again where Disney builds a theme park and some people like didn't know until it was like opening up. Like I don't, you know, we were there in 1996. I don't remember seeing or hearing about a fourth theme park. I remember finding out about it on a VHS tape, like, oh my God, Disney built a fourth park. I remember being so hyped and so excited. Then we got there and I swear to God, it was like 110 degrees that first day there, the hottest park. There was like no shade. Um, you know, I don't remember exactly what was open, you know, especially that first year we're eight years old. Um, I remember we probably did like Bugs Life and, uh, countdown to extinction but other than that you know when it opened really wasn't much it's a lot different now than it was you know in 1998 but this was a big deal this is the last park you know who knows when we'll get a fifth park i'm sure eventually we will you know but it could be 50 years from now you know and and i'm glad i was you know i know i was eight and i'm young and i, I didn't couldn't like fully remember and soak everything in but i'm glad i could experience you know a disney park opening also in 1998, we had uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin attraction at the Magic Kingdom. This one was ahead of its time. I know the technology now doesn't seem amazing and it kind of seems outdated, but here we are in 98. I'm using a, you know, a laser gun to shoot targets to rack up a high score. This was so ahead of its time. So cool, especially to an eight-year-old like me. You know, me and my cousin, we would... We would try everything to, to beat each other's high scores. And uh, we would ride this. This is one of those we would ride as many times as we could as well. And then also in 98, speaking of ahead of its time, Disney Quest opens up at Downtown Disney. You know, a multi-level level kind of Disney's version of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a Dave and Buster's with more like just virtual reality type things. And I remember they had like these bumper car dodgeball things. They had a Mighty Duck kind of pinball thing like it was so ahead of its time we had one here in Chicago didn't last that long but we had one in Chicago um it's just one of those that the reason it didn't last is because like the technology is kind of caught up to it like kids don't want to go and play you know a video game at Disney Quest when they can just kind of play a better video game at home you know and that's kind of what happened it was cool at the time. It just just couldn't last. And then finally, in 1998, one of our favorites, Fantasmic. Again, when I was doing the research for this, I couldn't believe Fantasmic is from 1998. Wow. Like, for some reason, I was thinking, like, early to mid-2000s. Here we are, 98. I mean, the show, 
I'm, I'm sure they've maybe tweaked it a little bit. But it's still such a solid show. You know, it, it's at Hollywood Studios. The, you know, maybe the most popular show, nighttime show at Disney. Um, you know, you have special effects and fireworks and, you know, Mickey Mouse fighting dragons and stuff. It's a show, you know, especially back then, it really helped make, you know, Hollywood Studios, MGM Studios, like, kind of the place to be at night. Um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, like, once I kind of got to that early preteen age, 11, 12, 13, 14, like I wanted to go to MGM Studios, you know, because that was the cool park for kids because they had the thrill rides. They had the cool stuff. So 1998, a uh, pretty big year, you know, Animal Kingdom, Fantasmic. You know, I know Disney Quest didn't last, but at the time, big deal. So 98, pretty big year. All right, we've made it to 1999 the last year of the Disney decade, the last year I'm going to cover. And, you know, compared to the, the other years, you know, nothing too crazy. Uh, at Animal Kingdom, they added their first expansion. They added the Asia land, um, which, like I kind of mentioned, Animal Kingdom, when it first opened, there just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough to do. So, you know, they probably realized that. They probably had to open it in phases anyway so they kind of expanded it here and without it you know we have now we have expedition everest but you know that didn't open until like the mid 2000s all-star movies resort opens up so you know in the early 90s we had all-star sports and music back in 1994 you know disney world at this time is booming you know more and more people are visiting they need more and more hotels you know they have their wide world of sports complex now so they're hosting a lot of you know, a lot more kids and teams, and they needed more value resorts, so they opened up, hey, you know, we have all-star sports, we have music, um, you know, what else would go good with that? How about all-star movies? Um, that opened in January of 99, so pretty, pretty close to being in 1998 as well, but also in 99, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh attraction opens up at the Magic Kingdom. This was a big deal because it was pretty much replacing Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I probably should have added that in there, but Mr. Toad's Wild Ride closed, uh, you know, an iconic attraction at the Magic Kingdom. There was, you know, kind of a bit of controversy with it. There was like a scene that like depicted a devil and people complained and they ended up closing it and it was replaced by Winnie the Pooh. You know, I'm nine years old, not, <laughs> not too thrilled to go on a Winnie the Pooh ride. But that's just me. Um, also in 99 at Hollywood Studios, Sounds Dangerous with Drew Carey opens up. I, I think I spent a lot of time, uh, one of the episodes uh, a few weeks back, I, I talked about this. Drew Carey had his own attraction at Disney World. Let's just let that sink in for a second here. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy, but he was a big deal in the 90s. He had his own show and, uh, you know, his own TV show. And, uh, of course, here he is in 99 getting his own, you know, attraction at Hollywood Studios. But the biggest one of 1991, or 1999, I'm sorry, one of my favorite attractions, an iconic one again here at Hollywood Studios, Disney's Rock and Roller Coaster opens up starring Aerosmith. Again, another attraction, see this, at least this time, you know, I'm nine years old, I remember when this opened. I remember... There was a kid on my baseball team who went to Disney 
before I did that summer and he came back and he was talking about it. And I remember we went and I think all of us got in line, like my mom, dad, sister, aunt, two cousins, grandpa, we all get in line. We're all going to go on it. We get to the part where you see the launch sequence. You're in like the alley themed area and you see this, you see this car go from zero to 60 miles an hour in 2.7 seconds. And my dad, my grandpa, my sister, they all just kind of went, yeah, nope, we'll see you guys after the ride. We're not going on this, <laughs> you know? Again, kind of a testament to like just how different it was back then. Like here's this brand new roller coaster at Disney. Like we had no idea what it was. We thought maybe it would be like Thunder Mountain, you know, maybe. And then we see that zero to 60 goes upside down. Yeah, nope, grandpa, dad, my little sister, yeah, they're they're not riding this one. I think I'm pretty sure my aunt went on it, you know, with us the first time. My mom went on it, and that's one of those. Um, even nowadays, you know, I, I go on it, and it's like back then we would go on it two or three times in a row if we could, and we wanted to ride that at night because that was the cool place to be. Um, and now it's like, after one time, I'm like, oh man, I should have taken a Dramamine. You know, and we'll see what happens. Here it is, it brand new in 1999, and here we are in 2023. It's about to be closed for a long uh, refurbishment, and we'll see what happens. There's rumors. There's been rumors for a while too that they're going to retheme it, change it up, and you know, it's been Aerosmith since '99, and I don't know what's going to happen. I I love it. You know, it it's music. It's Aerosmith. I don't think it's that dated. And maybe they change it up a little bit, just kind of clean it up a little bit, make things a little sharper. I don't know, but. I feel like it could last. You know, it's a band, Aerosmith. They're a classic band. Um, so we'll see what happens there. So 1999, that's that's pretty much it I, that I have for uh, 99 in the Disney decade. I had just a couple other things kind of written down. Um, also with like Blizzard Beach, I couldn't find an exact opening day, but around that time, uh, Fantasia Gardens and Winter Summerland, the two miniature golf courses that Disney opened up. Disney's Vero Beach Resort opened up in 1995. Kind of when they started expanding, you know, and, and expanding their vacation club to not just at Disney World. Here it is in Vero Beach, and pretty sure we stayed there as a family uh, in one of those years. The Disney Cruise Line was created in 1998. Um, like I mentioned, Disney Quest, you know, we had one in Chicago that opened up in 99. And then the one thing I wrote down that I thought was kind of cool, um, it could go, I could have like an entire episode on things that never happened, but there's supposed to be another hotel that opened up with Wilderness Lodge called Buffalo Junction, that it was going to be in between Fort Wilderness Campground and Wilderness Lodge. And it was going to open around that 95, 96 range and just kind of be another camp themed resort. And that never happened. So that's just kind of the extras I had there, but I feel like I covered you know, most of the big ones. If there's one that I that I missed, uh, feel f free to kind of shoot me a message on Instagram. It was kind of hard to find everything. I was looking up Disney timelines and doing research and there's a lot to cover. I wanted, you know, I didn't want to spend three hours, you know, talking about it. So I feel like I, uh, I covered the basics here. So that pretty much wraps up our episode, the Disney decade, at least this Disney decade is the Disney World decade. Maybe that's what we'll call it, the Disney World decade. You know, Mike Leisner was in charge of the Disney company and he wanted to make a statement. You know, it started in the late 80s, really, with, you know, Hollywood Studios, Typhoon Lagoon, 
and stuff they were doing kind of on the movie front of things. And then the, the 90s come and, you know, not only are there animated classics every year, but I mean, just think about everything I listed. The, the hotels, the resorts that he built that they put in the Disney decade. Yacht and Beach Club, Boardwalk, Old Key West, um, the All-Star Resorts, Coronado Springs, Wilderness Lodge. Some of our favorite resorts. Here they are in the 90s, kind of opening up like one year after another. Port Orleans, Dixie Landings. Just a, a great time to be a Disney fan. A great, a great time to go on Disney vacations because it, it really was... It was something where you had to go every year because every year in that decade, there was something new. Like, you know, nowadays you can kind of, I, I'm sure you guys get it as well. You'll, you'll, you'll tell someone you're going to Disney on vacation and they'll be like, oh, you're going there again? Don't you want to go somewhere else? Back in the 90s, no, because there was something new. We had to try the new hotel. We had to try the new ride. We had to see the new shows. You know, and that's what made the 90s great. That's what made the Disney decade great was that it was just changing and it was changing for the better. It was changing in a positive way. They were adding new things, not just not just re-theming, not just revamping, building and sh- constructing new hotels, new rides, new shows, expanding things. So that's Disney in the 90s. I'm a 90s kid. Everything, you know, about the 90s, uh, you know, I... Th- Kind of, it's one of the things you kind of wish you could go back and experience now so that you could kind of appreciate it more. But I'm glad I was able to grow up in the 90s and experience Disney, you know, kind of through the eyes of a kid and kind of grow up with it. And I always kind of uh, appreciate that. That's all I got, guys. Thank you again for listening and coming back. I hope you enjoyed the show. Wherever you're listening to this, if you can, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating. And a review. If you write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. Uh, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Instagram. My DMs are always open. Feel free to stop by. Let me know if you enjoy the show. You know, let me know if you have uh, you know questions, concerns, comments. If you have topic suggestions, ideas for the show, anything like that. Always looking for topic ideas. That makes my life a lot easier. You know, I have a, I have a. Uh, on my notes app, I have just a list of topics and like, I never know which one to choose. So it helps me out when you guys, you know, kind of make that decision for me. So, or if you just want to stop by, if you find something cool on Instagram, send it my way. You guys know, I love interacting with you guys on there. TikTok, you know, the DMS on there are weird. I respond more on Instagram, but TikTok, you know, I'll be posting TikToks and, you know, Disney related TikToks on there as well. So that's all I got. I hope you guys enjoyed i hope i was able to provide you with a little disney magic i'm wishing i was at disney right now i'm actually going to florida for a wedding in a few weeks but unfortunately we won't have time to go to disney it's not in the orlando area so it's you know we were hoping we could do it but not doesn't look like it's going to happen but have a good rest of the week have a good weekend and always remember it all started with a mouse